You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yeah. Oh, there he is. It's me. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Nothing like a little technical difficulty to begin the show. Just a little something different for all you kids. Uh, I'm Randy Renner. You already saw me, but I'm that's, Jeremy Griffin. Yes, that's Jeremy Griffin. And ladies and gentlemen, Ed the neighbor from the north is not here today. So sitting in the center square, a special <laughs> guest, Garrett Jones. And Garrett, since Ed is not here today, because sometimes I start this way just to get a frown yeah. out of Ed, just to get that reaction, we're going to talk some NBA basketball thunder specific because you have a uh, podcast about uh, thunder basketball i do i do have a, a podcast it's called the thunderish podcast i record it with my buddy will we have guests on frequently and yeah nice. we just talk about thunder awesome that's something that uh jeremy and i used to talk a lot about and then uh, ed came in and he gives us <laughs> he gives us so ed, much ed came in from ed ruined it. beyond the fence to the north and he can't stand talking about the nba or as he says uh, grown men getting paid millions of dollars to play a child's game you know even right now because he'll listen to this i, I know even <laughs> right now he's like we'll oh, get, oh, we'll turn get, it off hate my, oh yeah it'll just turn it off yeah but <laughs> i just want to say i would love to see a child just go one-on-one against lebron that's all i want to see oh man they do they do solid I mean, look, I mean, I think so. LeBron's Bronny, overrated. Come Bronny, on. Uh, Bronny does pretty good against his uh, dad. Exactly, man. So He's uh, a kid. You know, so, well, let's just start. I mean, I, I know, you know, everybody, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the world, and I'm sure we will get to that. Uh, Grandpa Joe signed over some more money to send to Ukraine, although he stumble-bumbled around trying to remember where the heck Ukraine was. He had to talk to Kamala about it, and she told him, Ooh. Joe, it's this little tiny country. It's near Russia. They're really bad. I've been dumb. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into all of that, and, and things are going on today. But first, uh, Thunder have a basketball game tonight in San Antonio against the Spurs. And uh, so, Garrett, what do you what what do you think about the Thunder season so far? It's have they won a, a few too many games for you, or are you right on track? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they've won too many. But yeah, there's they're, a the couple, competition couple at the bottom. Too many, yeah. The competition at the bottom is just so bad. Like nobody <laughs> has a player as good as Shea in the bottom five. Nobody does. So we're obviously going to win more games than all of them unless he's not playing, which he might not be playing tonight. He might not be playing tonight. I just pulled up the latest uh, injury report uh, from the uh, NBA that came out at 1230 Eastern. uh, And uh, they still list him as questionable with a a right ankle sprain. Mm. Uh, I don't know just how. uh, So that that could mean he's out for the rest of the season, depending, I guess. So I've been running sound a a few times here recently. I told you guys. I told you that. Sure. Used to run it all the time. I know. And uh, I was set, like, because I haven't followed the team. Like, yeah, you know, I'm like Ed. I'm not like it. Anyway, um, uh, you can go ahead and take that if you want. Is, is this a, I'm, I'm sure it's some sort of... If uh, it's one of your favorite little moments. Yeah, can, spam uh, calls. Gonna, yes, no, here we go. No, I don't oh, know. Okay. They're not talking to me. Usually the FBI answers. It's really... It's uh, sometimes that's fun. I, sometimes I'll answer as the, like I'm an FBI agent. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll, I'll answer like I'm a foreign guy. I ought to, you know what? I ought to answer Uh-oh. as a Russian. You should. You have reached the office of... Chairman Vladimir Putin. 
Oh, wow. Do you wish to speak or do you wish to get nuked? Oh, wow. <laughs> I ought to no, start that's doing good. that. I kind of like that. I don't want to kick do into this because I, I want to go back to Thunder, but I did read the other day Elon Musk challenged him to a fight. Yes, <laughs> yes he did. That. He certainly did. <laughs> I really want to see that because I just know Vladimir is going to show up in like, you know those pants where they do the dance and they bounce around <laughs> oh, and yeah. jump out? I feel like he's going to be in those pants, shirtless. And oh, then, he would be shirtless and for I sure. Let me just say this. Elon, don't do it. You will get your butt handed to you. Does he you. have a black belt? I don't even care. Like when, Putin has a black belt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Putin is very well trained, and Elon is well trained by people who let him win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> And maybe they let him let Putin win too, but I don't some know. of them do. Some of them do. But back to you, Thunder. You, I'm going to circle back like Jin Saki. All right, you're um, going to circle back. Way to go! I need to get my red hair vibe and freckles so I can be like you know. You're a long Saki. way from the Jin Saki look. I know that's good. That's good. <laughs> Probably. I do have a my beard's not quite as good as her, but other. Oh, um, oh my gosh! So. Anyway, so one of the things I noticed when I was uh, there a couple weeks ago is the injury report, right? Before the game starts, pregame injury report. Mm -hmm. Three pages of Thunder injuries. (laughs) Three pages. Now, I realize that these are, you know, injuries. Well, some of them, some of them probably, some of them know, actually are. I, know that I two mean, two or three of them had surgery. Lou, Lou Dort and, yeah. has had surgery. Ty Jerome has had surgery, and Mike Mascala has had. It kind surgery. of makes you wonder why they they even had Shea in for as long as they did. If there was a reasonable injury that could have been proclaimed, yeah, there's well, there's just no reason to play guys this season if there's any type of injury. There's well, no right, and uh, you know, right now the Sun Thunder are they have the fourth worst record in the nba they have 20 wins the uh detroit pistons have 18 Cade cunningham former washu mm-hmm. star on that uh, team Looking and he's great. Had, probably will be the rookie of the year and if it weren't for Cade cunningham josh giddy might be the rookie of the year but yeah. josh is injured he hasn't he hasn't played lately and uh, may not play the rest of the season uh, but Detroit has uh, 18 wins. Orlando has 18 wins. And Houston has 17 wins. And Garrett, the Thunder play the Orlando Magic here, uh, what is it, Sunday, Monday, I, I think? Yeah, Sunday, I think. Spurs tonight, and then what, Miami on Friday, and then Orlando either on Saturday. Maybe it's on Saturday because I think they – no, it's down there. Okay. It's down there. And then Boston is here on Monday. So I bet it's, it's Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, down there, and the, that's a game the Thunder really need to lose. We really, really do. I don't <laughs> yes. think that we will. You don't think that they? I, think I even well, see, Shea. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking. You know, the Thunder will keep Shea out, and so I think they've got a shot at losing to Orlando. Here's to hoping, man. This of course, Ola- so Orlando weird. needs to lose too. So this is going to be a, it's it's a tank off. Uh, you know. Dude, what an awful game that's going to be. <laughs> Could be. I mean, let's be. be real. Like, you, you, there's no way because because what do we have? We're under ten games left, right? No, or, no, around no. ten. No, it, we're season. we're still in the teens. We're in the teens. Okay, by the time they play, we'll still be. In the yeah, teens. I guess what what is it? There's Garrett? only like, like five. Eighteen is it that they have left? There's 17. only like five home games left, and that's five or six home. You know, games. it's a good thing because the Thunder are one in ten against the Eastern Conference at home this season, and I believe they've lost now. 10 straight home games. They're working hard at it. They the, are. The, it looks like, you know, the last couple games I've watched, <laughs> looks like an all-star game. Like zero defense, right? <laughs> I yeah, mean, and when I say it looks like an all-star team, game, I guess I mean it looks like an points. all-star score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not For the other team. team. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and well, the Thunder are getting shade. in the in the one one teens, you know, but yeah. but yeah. they're still losing by forty. So. Well, and, and that and and Garrett, you know this. I, I mean, before some of these guys started getting to where they couldn't play, guys like uh, Lou Dort and Kenrich Williams also was really good on the defensive end. Dort is outstanding. Uh, the, you know, the Thunder were in the top 10 in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. kind of and last gone in offense. the tank, so to speak, on, on the, and right, and last in offense. Now, it's kind of the opposite of that. They, really they, they can't play defense all of a sudden, but they're scoring a lot of points. Not quite enough, right. or actually, <laughs> maybe plenty. So, but, so, so here's the question I have, and, and the reason we tank or any team tanks, right? Get a good draft pick. We already right. have like 742 draft picks, I think, uh, this year. I don't know what we have next year. Um, <laughs> Actually, we have three. Same thing. First round picks. Three year. first round picks. Ours. Three. Uh, the Clippers. And the Suns. And unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns. I yeah. say unfortunately because... Well. It's going to be yes, like number yeah. 28, probably. But Or 29 or 30. Here, uh, here's the thing. Here's my question. Because I heard some chatter around the arena. Did you? I did not, not not like anything other than people's opinions, but I want to get your opinions on how long do you think it takes for the Thunder to become a uh, playoff team again? You think they do it next year? Mm, I don't think so. Well, it depends. I hate to say that. Well, it, but it, you know, nobody does. nobody thought if they get that, fifty wins, they're going to be. Playoff. You know, just right, and just just remember when this organization came here. Right. You know, they looked. You know, the last year in Seattle, they were terrible. Right. You know, and they had just drafted Kevin Durant. He was rookie of the year, but I mean, the, the rest of the team, they you know, they were terrible. They come here to Oklahoma City the first half of the season. They're still terrible. Yeah. And um, PJ gets fired after thirteen games. Scotty Brooks comes in. Scotty turned the reins over uh, to Russell Westbrook at the point guard uh, position. And uh, with a win New Year's Eve against, uh, who was it, Dallas maybe? But it was whoever they played on New Year's Eve. They won that game. And then from then on, they were pretty solid. Right. You know, that year. They played about 500 basketball. And then the next season... They're in the playoffs. Well, that that's kind so of my that's point. That's why yeah. I say that it depends. If you can, you know, the Thunder had got got Kevin Durant, Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook, and James Harden. Right. In those three drafts. Right. Everybody thought Kevin Durant most likely would be a superstar, and he is. Most people didn't really think Russell Westbrook or right. James Harden yep. would be uh even star much less MVPs and all three all those guys turned out to be MVPs so that's why I say yeah it depends if if it turns out that you know Shea when he's really stepped up his game this season he's been outstanding not that he wasn't good last year he was solid last year but you know right now he's averaging more than 30 points a game yeah and if Josh Giddy who has shown a tremendous amount of potential this season. I mean, he's been Western Conference Rookie of the Month every month. He won't be for this month because mm-hmm. he's been hurt, uh, you know, the whole month. If Josh Giddy becomes the player that a lot of people think he can be, and then, you know, maybe Trey Mann. Trey Mann has really come on. He's another rookie. An elite shot creator. And, uh, right, exactly. It's something the team really needs. 
and whoever they get in this year's draft, if that player turns out to be really good, I mean, they could make a quick yeah. turnaround. Well, this is my or point. Or they could go back into the I, dumper. You just, I just, you know, you don't know. I would make the argument that they could absolutely be a playoff team next year. They're one trade away, in my mind. One trade away from being a playoff team, and I say it for these reasons. Everybody who's really good is getting older. I, I feel like there's a huge chunk of the league that are actually in decline on the superstar <laughs> side, right? And, you know, right. led by Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, Russ, right? I, yeah. And I say he's in decline. I, I also no, think... No, there's no question yeah. that he is. And so when you see that, you have... you Now you're going to bring some parity back to the league to some degree. We have all of these young guys who've been developing, and you mentioned Lou Dort. Lou Dort... If, if he stayed healthy, I mean, this guy, I think, is incredibly solid. And so if you if you look at the trades that are on the that are the, uh, the the draft picks that we have, you could use a lot of those draft picks and maybe cash in one guy and trade in for some very high talent player who is just below peak or peaking. And, and you pick that guy up along with the development that's already happened and going into next year and the development that, that is presumably going to happen over the, in the offseason, plus the decline of some of the other teams, I think that gives you a real shot at 50 wins regardless of who you draft. And the simple reality that you have those three draft picks could be a trade night deal, I mean a draft night deal where you do a sign and trade or something of that nature and really could just be there. But I think if I'm Presty, I think the key here is chemistry because that's really, to me, what kept the team from, from winning at all was a hero ball. I mean, you when you mention those three guys, they are hero ball players. They are not team players. And you look at Golden State Warriors and their perennial stuff, they were our team guys. Even though you have the heroes, those heroes still defer before they take the shot more often than not. So that's kind of my take. I mean, yeah, well, I definitely agree with you that could get us into the playoffs taking one of the several future first round draft picks that we have and trading for a disgruntled star it's always going to be an option but the reason why I don't think that happens next year or maybe even the year after that and I could be wrong but my reasoning is Sam Presti has openly said he wants to rebuild this team uh, to be a, a sustainable team he doesn't want to just build a team that can go be in the playoffs but a team that can be a, a dynasty for for a decade at least. Sam, uh, Sam likes to play the long game. He well, yeah, he, he's he's kind of like the Chicoms and uh, <laughs> that. You know, they're in it for the long game, well, yeah. not necessarily the quick gratification. Right. But this of, is the thing. That's know, the San Antonio model where he comes is, from, right? right? Yes, how many right. how many straight seasons were they a playoff team? I would argue that he has that. I mean, I really would, because if you think about these players that have been in development, you are building that dynasty with two or three years into a young player. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that going on, I think we, we will see the, I don't think it'll take two or three more years. Cause think about that. You're looking now at, at Shay's fifth year in the league. I, I think Shay's a better player. I think, I think he, if he was surrounded by a little better players this year would have been an all-star. Or maybe he, I, well, if they had a better record, right? Yeah. And if they had a if they had a better record, well, you know, that, right. that yeah. would that drags him down a little bit too. But sure. I mean, he has had, you know, since the All Star break, he's only had one dud game, yeah, and that was the other night. You know, mm -hmm. when he scored what was it, eight points? Yeah, it was eight. Well, he's playing the role of Russell Westbrook after the after the Paul George trade, but he he's not in the prime that Russell was at that time, right? You know what and, I'm saying? So he wasn't yeah. bringing up players around him as much as Russ was. You know, and the other, you know, the other thing that the Thunder are going to going forward, 
uh, have to work on. And Shay, I, I believe, has indicated he's open to this. You know, Shay has turned into, you know, as a player on the Thunder, as more of a, a point guard type guy. Well, Josh Giddy is a point guard type guy. Mm-hmm. And Shay has indicated, you know, that he would be open to playing more off the ball and having Josh take over more point guard duties. And I think that that would be uh, really the best option. I think so. I think Shea is a much better off-ball player than Josh. You know, uh, He's a better catch-and-shooter. He's better as an off-ball cutter for sure. One of the better off-ball cutters at his age that, that we've seen in the league. And Josh uh, seems to have shown a great ability to be an outstanding point guard with some of the passes that he's able to make. One of the reasons that he doesn't, and he already has a lot of assists, his per-game average for a rookie is outstanding. But, Garrett, you know, just think about if if the Thunder had had some better shooters on this ball club. Yeah. Because in order to get an assist... Yeah. The other guy's got to make the shot. Yep. And so he's been able to get guys in position to where they can shoot. And a lot of times they're open. They've just missed. And that hurt Russ some also. Oh, yeah. Even though he had great assist numbers and triple doubles out the Yahoo. But yeah, he, he would have had even, even more. He would they, have uh, his turnovers and 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 the pat. I don't, there's not a stat for passing, but you would see him all the way through the third quarter, just constantly trying to get guys involved. Right. Hence, bringing his turnovers up, mm-hmm. and then finally, it's like, well, midway third quarter, I guess yeah. we need to win. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he starts yes, shooting. <laughs> yes. Especially his MVP year. Right. You know, he was a lot like that. He was like he wanted to get other guys involved, and then it was like. All right, if you guys can't hit your dead gum shots, we need to win this game. And so I'm going to take over, and he did. And they, you know, they they won a lot of games. And, you know, I'll say this. Russ has come under a lot of criticism in Los Angeles. And I, I don't have a problem criticizing NBA players or any professional players if you are going to keep it civil. Yeah. But what's happened to Westbrook out there has been ridiculous. I, I mean, you know, he his wife, Nina, has been on Twitter responding to death threats mm-hmm. that have been received by the family. Mm. And when when that's where and I realize there are a lot of people on Twitter because and other parts of social media, because you can be if you're that kind of guy, you can be as anonymous as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, my Twitter handle is my name. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of other guys who are out there with whatever nickname they put up there. And uh, if you're that kind of guy and, you know, you feel, oh, this will be fun. I'll fire off a death threat or whatever. That is just absolute BS. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Twitter, you know, Twitter's real trigger happy about banning people like a former president of the United States. <laughs> right. But they're going to keep Rudy Tooty on uh, Vladdy Putin on Twitter and the Ayatollah and people sending out death threats to Russell Westbrook. And I'm just not, you know, I can't stand that. Yeah, it's wrong. Well, and and Twitter is a problem because Twitter is really toxic. There's a lot of 13 year olds who have NBA pages and they just go right. and say whatever and they don't think about the consequences. Right. But you just got to consider Lakers fans specifically some of the worst fans in the world. Yeah. So like of any franchise in any sport ever, 
like Danny Green was getting death threats. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma was getting death threats. Well, it's just consistent there. They they hate their team. Raiders fans were bad. Well, the you know, the problem sometimes, you know, with Lakers fans, and you can say this about other teams, usually teams that have been incredibly successful over the years, whether you're talking about the Lakers or the Celtics, Yankees, or the Yankees, or the Red Sox, or right here locally, uh, the Sooners. Uh, And if you... Did that hurt you to say that? (laughs) uh, No. Wow. He didn't say Longhorns. Because I... That's true. Or the Longhorns. (laughs) No, because really who I'm taking a shot at is their fans. Right. I'm taking a shot at their fans. Not all of them, of course, because there's some good ones. Well, my kids went to school there, so I'm not going to take a shot at them. And I am a Sooner fan, and I think I'm a very... Good you do, but civil man. but you know, I, it when you're used to winning, yeah. basically all the time, and you all of a sudden don't. Yeah, and and for OU that means like only going ten and two. When you're talking, all I hear, all I'm thinking about is 2016 to 2020. Americans were so sick of winning all the time, and they just became terrible fans. Apparently. <laughs> There you go. Right. Anyway, but go th- those those fan bases can be extremely toxic. Yeah. You know, they're they're not even really they're not even classy winners. Right. So when they start losing, I mean, th- those people just absolutely lose, lose their, their minds. minds. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but I'm, I think that never happens at OSU. And they're all it, such wonderful. You know, it, it doesn't. We haven't won enough to be that way. You're appreciative of every win. Yeah. After losing for so long, you learn we how to are. Do it. Right. We are appreciative of every win. And yes, you're, I agree 100%. Sooner fans are not. Sooner fans take winning for granted. And let me go a step further. Sooner players take winning for granted. That's why they lose. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you should never. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm really. And I'm talking football morning. Right. Yeah. And so am I. Yeah. So am I. Uh and, you know, to a certain extent with OU, but, I, you know, a place where I am, I'm just baffled about how far the University of Texas has mm. fallen. I mean, I, I, I'm happy about it. Yeah, right. I like it. I think it's funny, but it's here weird, they are after winning a national championship. Now, what, 15 years ago? When was, was that, that Vince Young? When uh, Vince Young was uh, there, and uh, but they always in the recruiting rankings, they're always at least in the top ten, mostly in the top five. Some yeah. years top one or two. They get basically everybody they are interested in in the state of Texas, four star, five star, you know, whatever. And then since those for the last dozen years, mm-hmm. they've been mediocre at best. Mm mediocre at best and uh i just i don't get that you don't know what caused it i don't know what caused it well my guess is i think it's the sec i think it was the rise of the sec and i know that affects all of the big 12 but i think the rise of the sec pushed over the edge some of those players that could have been better players and that and this isn't only this because i think coaching and and overall leadership ad everybody at texas has some issues there but but when the SEC came to and continued to rise to prominence, it was just enough to put those players over the edge. And you still had, I think, OU and Texas suffer from the exact same problem, which is absolute overconfidence in every game they play. I expect to win this game, mm-hmm. and and that's why they play the game, right? They expect to win, and then when they don't, 
They blame other people for the loss. They don't take the responsibility on themselves. I think OU just weathered that storm a little better than Texas did, but barely. I kind of, I'm on board with, uh, with some of what you said there. Uh, I think that it boils down to because Texas can get the best of the best, or at least the way the stars, you know, there's Mm -hmm. so much attention paid to five-star kids, four-star kids, you know, that sort of thing. A lot is given to them, a lot of uh, praise, a lot of, you know, you're the best that's ever been at this Mm -hmm. school. Some of these guys are, in fact, the best that have ever been at that whatever particular high school they go to. They haven't necessarily needed to work really, really hard Mm -hmm. because they have their raw talent is so much better than some of the, especially some of the opponents that they're playing. They're going to dominate whatever. Well, you get to Austin, you've got a hundred of those guys, right? You've got a hundred of those guys that were the best. And all of a sudden now they're not the best, right? They're one of a hundred really good guy, you know? And so it, 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 it really kind of messes things up. I, I think they're so used to having their way. And now all of a sudden it maybe is not that way. Maybe they just don't work hard enough. Maybe the yeah. coaches don't work hard enough. Being an OSU fan, I can't help but contrast what has happened at the University of right, Texas right. and what's happened at Oklahoma State. Yeah. In those same dozen years that Texas has been about 500 or so, OSU has the second best record in the Big 12 right mm-hmm. behind OU. Mm-hmm. It's worth And OSU, yeah. OSU is not able, I mean, certainly they get, you know, maybe one five-star, two or three four-stars in this past recruiting class. I think they've got six or seven, which I believe is the most they've ever had in a single recruiting class. Yeah. But where they really make their hay is on guys that are three-star kids Definitely. that are used to working hard, that have that work ethic, and they come to Stillwater, and they work even harder to be the best they can be. Yeah. yeah. And one of the best examples of that is a kid who, Malcolm Rodriguez from Wagner, Oklahoma. Malcolm was a quarterback in high school, a quarterback in high school, and he was an undersized quarterback when he was in high school. He was being recruited by a lot of Division II uh, schools and smaller, other smaller schools because he threw a lot of touchdown passes and a lot of yards. At Wagner, he comes to OSU, becomes an All-American linebacker, (laughs) and at the NFL Combine, he's got coaches' heads spinning (laughs) with what he's been able to do. And, you know, he went basically unrecruited by most of the, the bigger schools, and he, and he also was an outstanding wrestler at mm. Wagner. So your work ethic, you, you, you hit that, and, I, and that's kind of what I was getting at with the SEC. I didn't verbalize that well. Your work ethic falls in that category of the three- to four-star player, in my mind. Maybe you got some four-stars, but that's where it really happens. And so the more four- and five-star players that are going to the SEC, the top left players, right, the the four- and five-star players that are left are going to Texas and Oklahoma, and so there's still a work ethic issue. But when you get down to the three-stars, you have that work ethic, and it reminds me – you know, when I met my wife in high school, I thought she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She didn't see that in herself. And I, I used to say, that is what you want. 
You want a girl who's incredibly beautiful and has no idea. And that also has a really good 40 time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's weird. Um, but, but from that same standpoint, when you're talking about these players, when, when you can understand development and potential and, and the work hard, working hard makes up for a crap ton of missing talent. Yeah. And it really only comes down to that millisecond, that inch where the talent may best you. But if the talent isn't giving its 100%, the lesser talent person who's giving 100% will win every time. Yeah, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's exactly right. And so I think that what you're describing is that. And it it's so funny because I, I really... You know, and you know me, I, I love OSU and OU. I just have to pick one when they play each other. And I, but I root in my guts, I want OSU to do better because philosophically, I love everything they do more. The underdog. Yes. I like the, un- well, and, and just the work ethic part. Yeah. Cause even now, I mean, they're, they are a good team, but they still don't play entitled. And that's what I see. And I think you add to it the generation that's coming or went through, I think the millennial generation and the whatever was after millennial Z or zoomers or whatever, they whatever they, yeah. uh, those generations didn't have as much of a work ethic, but I think you're seeing the generation that's coming in now, kind of this mid one, this, this early twenties generation, who's kicking a new work ethic in. And so I'm actually excited for where sports are going because of that. There's less entitlement. There's still some, but you know, our culture went through the phase of participation trophies. And finally, the parents who griped about that, they were parenting two-year-olds, right? Now they're parenting, you know, teenagers. And so they're still griping about participation trophies and they're not giving them. So now you've got a revisiting of work ethic. And I actually think you're going to see in general, and because we're seeing this politically too, you're seeing a lot more conservative mindset, but it's a new form of conservative it's a conservative with a very open mind to cultural things, differences, diversity, but still conservative in overall values. And I really think that translates on a football field, basketball court, whatever it is. I think those those qualities translate to seeing work ethic. Yeah, I I, I would uh, I think I, w- I would agree with that with most of what you said there. But so I, I agree with all of it. Okay, I'll agree with all of <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Uh, Garrett, you well, let's, let's bring that you are our special guest. And so I will pontificate tell as us, much. Tell us a, a little bit more. You started to tell us a little bit more about the podcast you guys do. Is it Thunder specific? Do you get into other sports or the NBA in general? Just well, tell we, us about that. We call it Thunderish because it's Thunderish. Ish, you know. So, so there's room for some other things. Yeah. In there. Well, uh, well, it's mainly NBA. Every once in a while, we'll go on some tangents about football because uh, my co-host is probably the biggest OU football fan in the world. Oh, good lord! <laughs> he I'm he can tell you every here. every roster <laughs> since 2001, like top oh, to bottom. Wow. He just knows everything. So we'll go on tangents about that kind of of stuff a lot, but we'll talk about. Thunder mainly. We'll recap games. Uh, you know, we'll talk about potential trade ideas just for the fun of it. Uh, and sometimes we'll play games like uh, we'll do like some like would you rather's like would you rather right now have like Jason Tatum or Trey Young to build your franchise around things like that mm. um, and trivia and stuff. Just 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 all good fun. All nice. right. Well, since you said you you sometimes talk about uh, potential trades that that could happen. Well, you know, what's one that if if say you're 
you know, you become uh, Sam Presti here in the next uh, few minutes. We call this Sam Presti for a day. Yeah, okay. Sam Presti okay. for a day. Uh, what would you do as we come down toward the end of the season? Would you, I mean, now it's, it's kind of too late to do much of anything, but as we work toward the draft, what would you like to do if you were the general manager of the Thunder? Well, definitely securing a bottom three spot, whatever it takes, you know, uh, as, just as for, feasible as that if is. You, if you don't know, the bottom three, the teams that finished the, the, in the bottom of the three in the NBA, they all have the same odds of getting the number one pick in the NBA draft. Right now, the Thunder are the fourth. Is there six teams in the lottery? Team. Because there's just no, there's, six. There's four, 14 teams. Oh, there's 14. Yeah. Yes, they 14 just, lotteries. Odds go way down. The, lottery, okay. the odds go, go way down. And I, yeah. For the bottom three, it's what is it, like 14.5%, yeah. I think, to get the number one pick when they do the you know the ping pong ball. Is it a big difference to the third? Well, no, it's, I mean it's, to the fourth, to the fourth. Like, the, what are the what are the odd changes from thirteen? It's like eleven percent. Is it eleven percent for? Uh, may, I'm not sure what it, it. I mean, you know, but you want you want the best chance you, you want, can get. right? You want the best chance you can yeah. get, and and you want now. I'm not sure. You know, last season, most people had Cade Cunningham as the number one pick in the draft, and right. sure enough. That's who Detroit drafted, and so far he has lived up to that. He's had a great season. Uh, and a lot of the mock drafts I've seen, Chet Holmgren uh, is the number one guy. Yep. And I haven't really studied him very much. I've watched him play a couple times. The And this has been, again, I haven't really studied him, so I haven't gotten into you know, some of the numbers and the analytics and all like that. But when I look at Chet Holmgren, I see Alexei Pokashevsky, yeah. <laughs> a really tall, really skinny guy. And, you know, Poku has a lot of raw talent. But down low, the NBA, even though it has kind of shifted a little bit, it still gets really physical down there. And Poku has had some trouble dealing with that. He's tried, you know, he stretched his game out and he can hit some threes. So I wonder if Chet Holmgren is, you know, if I would take him, especially by the, the Thunder, if I would take him number one. Garrett, what do you think? Well, it does seem like he's, there, there really is no consensus number one. There's a top three and it seems like Chet is the number one just because he's the most like freak of nature out of all of them. You know, he's, he's a seven footer who could, he could play the point guard, you know, uh, he's fast. He can, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can play make. So it, and it you know, the you're same, not going to miss on him. The same things have been said about Poku. Yeah. But the sample size for Poku was a lot smaller when he was drafted. He wasn't even playing in an adult league. He was playing against in Europe against other kids and wasn't putting up like 30 points a game. So his raw talent was this really tall white guy who's from Europe. He's they, they they're hit or miss, you know. Usually, so we we had I think we took him at sixteen. You know, you swing on something like that there. Uh, but Chet, you know, he's shown that uh, that he can be the best guy on a team. Obviously, if I had the number one pick, I think I'm taking Jabari Smith Jr. out of out of Auburn. Uh, I think Jamari has a little more meat to it. He does. He does. And his game is really, his game is really outstanding. And I, 
I might be with you on on the Jabari train. There. I think he has more superstar potential. I think he has. I think he has a higher floor for sure. Uh, and I also think he. I, I don't know. I think maybe Chet has a little bit higher of a ceiling just because you know being a seven footer who can do all the things that he can do. If he becomes the next Jokic, you want that at number. Well, one. he's going to have to put on some weight to he be is. the next Jokic. Uh, he is. He's young now. Right. He is. He's yeah. He he certainly is. And. And Nikola Jokic, I mean, he's the defending MVP, mm-hmm. and he's potentially going to win it again. Potentially going to win it again, and he's a heck of a player. And if you think somebody like Chet Holmgren can grow into Nikola Jokic, then you probably ought to darn sure draft him. It's a swing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, you know, it's always scary having the first pick in a draft like this where you're not 100% sure. Like, in a draft, this this may be wrong, I guess, but in the draft, like the Zion Williamson draft, everybody knew Zion was going number one, even though kind of looks like jaw should have gone number one now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, things like that, you know, the Suns they took Aiton with the number one pick great player, but they didn't take Luca who's going to be one of them. Looks like he's already going to be this is historic. I, I don't know many stories of the number one pick turning out to be a number one player when, but you hear a lot about number twos and number threes mm-hmm. and even number sixes becoming, you know, yeah. Hall of Fame gods. And it's kind of like, I don't know that you want the first pick. It's scary. It's, There's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah, there like is you, a lot. You don't, as, a, as a football player, you do not want to make the cover of Madden. You just <laughs> yeah, don't. You're, you're going to be done with. I think it's the same thing. You kind of don't want to be drafted first. I mean, you probably do for the money. But right. other than that, my gosh, I don't know, man. I just go back to was it Greg Oden? <laughs> yeah, Greg Oden. Yeah, what, <laughs> I mean, like right. he's the biggest one that comes to mind right. every time I you think. You know, about Greg it. Oden. Everybody thought, well, Greg Oden is the obvious number one pick, and mm-hmm. so you know they were going to draft him number one, and they did. And then Kevin Durant goes second to the then Seattle SuperSonics. And now we don't. To be fair, yeah, we don't know if Greg Oden had stayed healthy. We don't know what kind of player he would have turned yeah. into. He might have been a superstar also. He was a freak. But yes, yes. But unfortunately, he got hurt and he was never the same. Basically ruined what career he was going to have. And then we all know, you know, how things ended up with, with Kevin Durant. But think, yeah, that's a... Well, and I think when these GMs take a look at players, they do something that most people can't do and they, they're not fans. They're they're really looking at players because it's right. a business decision. Right. It is right, and so I think a lot of work goes into. I mean, just look right. at the Thunder. I mean, the way exactly. Presti does things and their scouting department. I mean, they like most teams in the NBA, quite frankly. Right. But I think that goes out the window for first round picks, and I think a big reason why is it is business, and that you know if you have this first round pick you're going to put some butts in the seats. And so there's a financial incentive for you to also get that first round pick because he's not going to suck. You know, right. you know, likely not going or to suck. Well, you hope. Anthony you hope. Anthony well, right. <laughs> right. In general. But, but I mean, your odds are good, right? But there's also that fandom part that says everybody's going to want to come see this guy play. Yeah. And, and I think that gets in the way. As soon as the first pick is out of the way, that's not near as relevant. They, now it's, early first round pick. So if you're a top 10 player, you're you, from two to 10, you're getting about the same draw from a crowd. And so now you can pick your player without that being as big of a factor. Yeah. Just a philosophy or, or I mean a uh, theory, but you know, 
Just uh, want to. I, I don't know. Probably nobody can see this, but uh, they can't. If they, what is? Oh, it's that's uh, Ed, Ed from Ed the North. From the North. Ed is here. I'll, checking I'll get it in. in. I'll here. get it in there for you. Okay, let's see. Oh, we'll put it on uh, Garrett's screen since hey. you know that's okay. I can't focus I it. Can't because do a good actually, Yeah, here. <laughs> anyway, there, there it is. There it's pretty good. There's there's Ed checking in from uh, the road somewhere. It looks like is that his? I guess that's his wife who's passed out in the probably in the yeah. passenger seat. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, make sure nobody can see the location on that or anything. Yeah, it, it just appears to be uh, in the in the vehicle driving down a highway. There's if I no, was more equipped, recognizable out I probably could have just put that up on the screen like through the switcher. But here I am. Just oh well, that's all right. You know, I, I think we. Uh, so Ed's giving us a thumbs up. We're not, are we on, uh, is he, are we on live? We're not live, no, okay. but we'll be on. Because uh, when I saw soon. that, well, you know, I saw the text come in and I was thinking, uh-oh, Ed's going to bash us for talking about the <laughs> damn NBA. No, he will. And he had the, he had the <laughs> thumbs up. And I'm, so I'm like, well, he must not be listening. Right. <laughs> It'll be funny to see if he actually listens to the whole show because we've really only talked sports. Yeah, yeah we have. And, I, and yeah. you know what? I'm, if, if our listeners enjoy this, here's what I'm going to say. Send us a message. Send us some comments because we'll kick kick Ed off the show every once in a while. <laughs> I have, I've gotten a, an okay. I'm, I'm excited about another guest we've got coming up soon in which point i don't know who will take a break maybe we'll all four be on but um jace uh chillcoat oh uh, outstanding he's gonna come on the show former so. uh, osu quarterback former uh partner of mine on uh, friday night finals on uh yeah iheart uh, radio we did a season or two uh together and jace now works for the uh thunder right yeah, he's I, still I met uh, him, right? yeah you met him mm-hmm Jace yeah, I mean, you a, can pretty Jace, much count on any of my contacts being Jace is a thunder. great, great <laughs> a good guy. Yeah. Great guy. He is. Good as gold, man. Uh, well, good. I, I hope we I hope we can do that. I, yeah. You know, I see him. We, you know, we follow each other on Twitter and say hi every now and again. He's, you know, married now and has a child. And so he's a total adult for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> you but, know, adults are... It's a loose term. uh, It takes all kinds, It does. (laughs) It does. It takes Uh, all kinds. But did we talk any politics? This, I mean, should we? We got 15 minutes. Should we talk any state of the world? Well, I suppose we we ought to talk, you know, a little bit. I mean, there is stuff going on after all. (laughs) Uh, I'm curious. Okay. uh, How how old are you, Garrett? I'm 23. 23. 23. Perfect. I've got a 23-year-old. Okay. What what do you think about the world? <laughs> it sucks, man. All right. Well, well, let me and let me ask this too. How much how much do you care or know about what's going on? Like specific world events going on right now, or yeah. just politics in general? Yeah. Or, I, I mean, I, I keep up to date from Twitter with like the Ukraine situation. Uh-huh. Uh, which I know not everybody's favorite but well I mean it is what it is I it mean, is you talked on on the last episode about how like you know everything is all about perspective and yeah. it's all about where where you get it from everybody's going to give a different perspective and you know I guess I try to find the most perspectives possible well you know I'm I'm actually I'm glad that you said what you said because I I know fortunately neither of my kids fall into this category but I know some people your age who are really pretty clueless when it comes to what's going on in the in the world like you know we're on the doorstep of world war three yeah um so you know the the fact that you at least are aware of that uh now let me ask you one more question you're 23 years old Mm -hmm. uh 
and this will affect Jeremy. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever seen a John Wayne movie? Uh, you know, I've never sat down as an adult or even really a teenager and watched one all the way through. But when I was a kid, my granddad would always have them on. So I've okay. seen plenty of them. But, you know, that's you know cute, who, Randy. <laughs> you know who's <laughs> never seen a John Wayne movie? I think I have a guess. <laughs> yes, Mr. Griffin has never seen a John Wayne movie. Or I'm The holding, Godfather, right? That's right. I'm oh, holding oh there you go. You yeah. were listening last yeah. week. Yeah. I'm yes, holding we strong. strong. I ain't going to watch any of that crap now. <laughs> ah, geez. But you know what? Here's what's funny. So remember Ed was talking about watching that, uh, that old movie on Turner Classic Movies? I don't know if he was talking about it on the podcast or not. You might know that. But he was talking about how they kind of he and his wife were watching it. What an old movie from it was what, an old, the 90s. No, it was no, it was a black and white and it was like he found out at the end that it was all a movie after all and they were doing the like oh, a scary movie that, or something. It was on the show. Yeah, yes. cuz he said her name. <laughs> and we're like <gasps> anyway. Um so last night I was like, man, I could really go for an old black and white like Vincent Price type movie, you know. I didn't watch one, but I was look I was <laughs> thinking it would be great. Instead I listened to Tim Pool and went to sleep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, you know, there there are and but yeah. Some of those the the old black and white movie, I mean, there are some great movies that fall into that category that were done in the 40s and 50s and some in the in the uh, 60s that we talked a little bit about last week. Some of the, you know, some of the greatest movies of all time, you know, yeah. fall into that uh category. All right, I have another question for Garrett. Um Pro or con Biden? Uh, con. Okay. I like his. Now, how did, <laughs> how did you? How did you? Who's mean, pro Biden? Who, who did you? How did you mean that? You know, apparently more than half the country. Yeah, apparently they were well, just anti-Trump. They, they were. Uh, that's true. Yeah. See, and that's and and you know what? I have I have some friends who the whole reason, <laughs> the whole reason that they were going to vote for Grandpa Joe over the Don is because they just, you know, they, they didn't like Trump's uh, tweets. Yeah. You know, that basically was it. Oh, Twitter. he seems so mean. Twitter, well, which, by the way, only 2% of America is even on. <laughs> yeah. And yet that was the thing, right? That yeah. was the thing. Now, I'm not saying 2% of America didn't know about his tweets because the news just reported about him all the time, sure. whether you're on Twitter or not. Sure. But man, I, I cannot help, and I know this was a different time and a different culture, but dude, to hear Malcolm X, Malcolm X talk about um, African-Americans voting Democrat. He tore it up, and this is a paraphrase. You guys can go look this up on YouTube. I'm sure you can find this speech, but... He, he said, you know, they control two-thirds of the House. They've got 60-something 60, 60, uh, yeah, uh, senators. And he said, if you're still voting for this part, if you, your situation isn't better, you are duped. You are, a, you right. are an absolute clown if right. you're voting for these guys who you believe is going to better your life. And you just keep doing it. And, and, I mean, he, you know, Malcolm X is not known you know, this for being has been, polite, th This has been... The, the fabrication of the Democrats forever. That's their chief that, that, propaganda. That we're the party <laughs> of the poor folks. Right. We're the party of the disadvantaged. We're the party. And if you're Joe Biden, when you say poor and disadvantaged, you only mean black kids. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, that's right. And, and, but if Democrats truly, and they've always said this, if they're truly the part, the the party of the poor, the disadvantaged, the black, the brown, whatever. 
why are there still problems in those communities? Those darn Republicans. Well, many times that's those why. darn well, that's right. They that's blame what they're going to say. Yes, they blame it on that. They but could have one Republican senator and one Republican member fault. of the House, and that well, would be the roadblock to yes, their success. Yes, I mean there have been. Can times I just say if that's true, they're just idiots. That I mean, like now, I mean, you know, they have a Democrat right. president, a Democrat majority in both houses of Congress. Like you mentioned, there have been times when they've had super majorities right. in Congress and a Democrat in the White House. And things were still uh, messed up. And getting worse. And, and Can the, I just say, the, getting worse? Right. And the thing that, you know, nobody paid any attention to because the mainstream media is all wacko, uh, that, you know, it's unemployment. Waco. It's in Texas. <laughs> we don't talk <laughs> about Waco. Uh, yeah, we don't. Yeah. We're going to get this podcast flagged. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> right. right. Dead gum Baylor. Uh, but, I, you know, the, the same thing. Uh, whatever. <laughs> It's all gold, right? It is. It and is green. when gold it comes to the only thing good about Waco is that's where the Dr Pepper Museum is. Mm. Uh, the Baptist beer and <laughs> boy, it's nonstop when it comes to Waco, isn't it? Man, up uh, bears. But you know the some of the economic numbers, and I I didn't like everything that Trump tweeted about. I didn't like uh, you know all of that. I understood why he was doing it because the only way to get his message out because the mainstream media wasn't. Uh, but I loved his policies and how successful the country was uh, because of those. I, you know, it's hard to argue with what was going on. You know, about the only argument I ever got from some of my friends was, oh, he's just so mean. I just don't like him. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? I don't necessarily always like him either, but I sure like what well, he's been doing. Did you see Trevor Noah's uh, rant about uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, I he, saw. And, I mean, here's a guy that's like, he falls squarely in the Trump derangement syndrome class. So does Bill Maher. And look what and Bill Maher's been exactly, doing lately. Both of them. But, but Trevor Noah, this is the first time I'd heard Trevor Noah come out about this kind of stuff. And he, he's like, say what you will, but this never would have happened to Trump. Saudi right. Arabia would not have just not taken the call and Ukraine wouldn't have invaded or been invaded. I mean, you look at all these things that wouldn't have happened under Trump. The problem is the why, right? Everyone's like, oh, he's given the U.S. a bad name on the world stage. Well, you know what? Name or not, he's keeping the U.S. secure, and that is the point of the highest elected official right. in our nation I mean, is what, to keep us secure. Right. I mean, what better not clue? Not make me feel good. What better clue? Jeez. You know, when, when people talk about Trump and Rudy Tootie and all this, Putin never invaded under Trump. Right. You know, he could have. I mean, he could have, you know, done what he's doing right now. I told and, him and, we'd bomb Moscow. <laughs> That's, and uh, he I did. I mean, that's what he said. I mean, I, that's what the story was. And in one right. of their face-to-face -face meetings. I think he, he kind of believed me, like 70%. Putin, Trump, he's, he's a good man. He's Trump, a good, he's a Trump good man. told Putin face-to-face, -face, right. if you do what we think you're going to do, I'm bombing Moscow. <laughs> well, Rudy Tootie was like, yeah. ooh, crazy American. And, and uh, you, know, you know, and now, since you know. Grandpa Joe has proven to be a grandpa right. who doesn't say, have much. It, I mean, look what's it, happened. And the fairness, Chinese are talking about Taiwan. The Saudis <laughs> have. I mean, it's here, just, here's what uh, I will say geez. in fairness to any any U.S. like to not oversell Trump and not under 
sell Biden. The the system of government we have in place tells a lot of these oligarchs that I just need to wait, right? It's if if Putin was looking at Trump being president indefinitely, kind of how he is, for example, don't know that that tactic would work as well. But since Putin's like, well, I mean, I can wait till the next guy comes around. It's gonna anything's gonna be better yeah. than Trump, and right. Trump only got another four more years at best. Right. So I think there's something that's built into that as well, and that's a big part of why you do make that move. I think Putin knows very well Biden ain't gonna go in a second term. There, I don't care who runs. If freaking Krusty the Clown ran on the Republican ticket, he'd win. Because our nation knows only how to vote against a candidate. We yeah. don't know how to vote wow. for anybody wow. that 20% of the people do. The rest of the 80 are like, well, crap, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks less. I'll take that guy. I think that's a big reason why Trump won in 2016 yes. was everybody hated Hillary. Well, uh, right. Yeah, that's and with good right. freaking reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's an excellent point. And, you know, you got to wonder now, I mean, you know, if uh, Biden doesn't fill out his term, then you're left with Kamala. Dude, and, you no, know, she man. has been, Ugh. you know, the other day, did She's you see her worst. speech, uh, you know, the other day when she was, uh, you know, when they, when they sent her to Eastern Europe and she's standing there and somebody asks her about, you know, sending, uh, you know, more help Refugees to Ukraine and all like this. And she says, yes, you know, we will, we will, defend ukraine and the nato alliance mm -hmm. as if ukraine's part of the nato alliance exactly well guess what yep. they're not they're not yeah. and it, so uh, i you know geez if, if, if i can give you guys any insight if you're if you're yeah. interested on to I'd what love, i would say for my generation what we think it. about all of this let's hear it we don't trust anyone in politics you know that's, that's a really smart. good <laughs> <laughs> yes yes he gets it he <laughs> understands I mean, they're all just completely in the pocket of corporations. They, right. Almost none of them work for American interests, like for the people. And if they start off that way, they do not end that way. No. Well, I mean, if you look like, what is it? 60% of Congress members become lobbyists after yeah. they're done. Well, and wealth. Who, right. who leaves with less wealth than they came in? None of them. Uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, it would be very rare. There might be some that because they were massively wealthy going in, because, right? right yes, only because yes. of that. Not, and maybe they yeah. lost ten million. I you, if, on a stock deal when right. they had say eighty million going in. Yeah. Oh, and by the but, way, why isn't? Well, I know why it's not a law, but you've got congressmen being able to trade stocks and then make laws to make those stocks go up? It's insane. Come well, on. There, there is a move in Congress to el eliminate that, but uh -huh. it probably won't get the it's vote. Gonna go. Who's going to vote for we that? We absolutely need the, con the uh, Congress of States, and let's just jack I mean, just system. look at the money that Pelosi has Are made. Are you familiar with uh, the Congress of States, or the, uh, the continent, what is it called? The Maybe that's what it's called, not Congress of States. Uh, it's where 36 of the states or something like that get together and they can change the laws because uh, Constitution of State. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Are you familiar with anything? I don't think I am. So, so there's a movement right now. There's, there's whatever we need. There's only like three more states needed to come on to do this, and they've been voting in their own state uh, legislatures. But it's, it's a guarantee that the federal government doesn't get stupid. Unfortunately, a little, well, you know, dollar, little late a day late, a dollar short, as I said. <laughs> little late. But... But what happens is, is that these states then come together and they re, they can re ratify the Constitution. So they can change and make constitutional law um, 
and amendments and so forth without the Congress. So they have nothing to do with it. So the states come in and say, okay, term limits. They can set up term limits. They can set up you know, laws against trading stocks, for example. And these are some of the things on the docket. But I think we're only three states, states away from ratifying that and being able to do it. And uh, there are six of them that have, in this November, I believe, six of them will be voting on it. So wow. if only three pass it, then we'll be able to, to move to that. I'm so frustrated. I can't think of what it's called right now because it's. I've talked about it before. But anyway. <clears throat> That's pretty powerful. Yeah, it's well, a pretty cool deal, really. I, I just wonder sometimes because there are there are a lot of people who are in Congress and who are in the judiciary and who are in the White House that don't pay much attention to the Constitution as it's written right now. Right. Yeah, so just because you change it, I well, really don't know what difference that's going to make. All it will do, to be quite honest, it will just hasten the inevitable civil war that is coming. Not that I'm advocating for the violent overthrow of government. I would never do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ed. Oh, hey, yikes. Y- y'all mind if I get in my shout-outs real quick? Make get sure all, oh, go ahead. All, yeah, all, yeah. all my people are listening to the end. Yeah, do it. All right, I want to give a shout-out to East. want to give a shout-out to Krizzard. Shout-out Haji. Shout-out yes. Big Al. Haji, how about Johnny Kyle Quest Spenhard. also? Sure. Yeah, let's throw them in there. Uh, you know, we shout-out yeah. shout Fat Main, uh, Big Mac, Sammy Touchdowns, the whole squad. Wow. Monty. Love okay. it. Yeah, awesome. Make sure y'all are listening to the end. Yes, because the end don't. sometimes is more this fun is than the, the best beginning. part. Yeah, 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 honestly. All right, that'll do it for this week. Thanks very much to our special guest, Garrett Jones. You, you want to check out Thunderish? We'll have that in the show notes. You guys can click that link. Go check that out. Awesome. That's Jeremy Griffin. Yeah, that's I'm me. Randy Renner. Here's to all of you kids uh, out there. World War Three is about to start. So yeah, woo! cheers. Get over to Byron's. Before yeah, they're out get of over stock. to Byron's before they're out of scotch. <laughs> Have a great day, and hopefully, unless Rudy Tootie hits the button, we'll be with you again next Wednesday for another edition of Scatter Shooting.